Fellow Catholics, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be upon you during this trying time as this coronavirus brings so much fear and confusion in our country. I am Father Joel Tulanis Kosana and I wish to share some helpful thoughts with you. I do not represent anyone. I speak in my personal capacity as a priest and a fellow Catholic. Indeed, in moments like this, it is our individual Christian duty to contribute to the healing of the world. As a priest and a fellow Catholic, I also wish to contribute by motivating us all to do the right thing, to keep up our hope, and to carry on. There are three things I wish to briefly address in this voice note. The first one is the belief that the coronavirus is from God and is God's punishment for the sins of the world. The second is the belief that this virus is from the devil who wants to destroy us and keep us away from churches. The third is about believers who oppose the call of the government for us to avoid large gatherings. Let me start with the first one. And this is where I want to start. Is coronavirus from God? Is God using coronavirus to punish us for our sins and to destroy us? Many believers easily say that God brought this virus as a punishment for our sins so that we may repent. Indeed, it is a good thing for us to repent. And indeed, the world does need some form of moral regeneration. But there are two facts I need us all to consider. The first one is that the fact that the coronavirus is not a creation of God. It does not originate from heaven. We all know where it comes from. We know that a human being in one of the countries in the world contracted it from animals or birds. From there it has been spreading from one person to another. It is indeed not from God. It was not created by God. Therefore, as a matter of fact, God is not at all involved in the origin and spreading of this virus. The fact of the matter is that a human being, and only a human being, is fully responsible for it. The second fact is this. In his life on earth, Jesus went about healing the sick, and according to Matthew 10 verse 8, he gave apostles power to heal the sick. This makes it clear that sickness is not God's will. Otherwise, why would Jesus heal the sick and give apostles power to heal? If it was against God's will to heal, if sicknesses came from God, then Jesus will be breaking God's will by healing people. It is clear that Jesus healed the sick and gave power to the apostles to heal because sickness is not God's will. What is clear from scripture, especially the New Testament, is the fact that God wants us all to be well. God wants us all to be healthy. That is why Jesus went about healing and gave power to the apostles to heal. Therefore, when we are fighting this coronavirus, we are indeed doing God's will. Anything that threatens life is not God's will. On the contrary, anything that promotes life is indeed God's will. For Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14 verse 6. And in John 10 verse 10, Jesus again says, I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Our God is the author of life, not the author of death. I now wish to address those who say the coronavirus is from the devil. In my years as a priest, I have several times come face to face with demons and satanic forces. 
I can affirm that these powers are real and they do at times interfere with our lives. But I want to equally affirm that many times, indeed many times, we give the devil too much power than he actually has. The devil has no power to hold the whole world to ransom. The truth is, a human being has more power on earth than the devil. This is the truth of scripture. According to Genesis 1 verse 28, God gave human beings, not the devil, but human beings authority and power over the earth, over the sea and the sky. And all animals that live within these three spaces are equally under the authority and power of human beings, not the devil. The devil and all demons are able to control the world only, only through the help of a human being, not on their own. The devil has no direct power and authority to do anything he wants on earth. If he did, we will all be dead by now. For the devil to cause any havoc or pain or suffering on earth, he needs to work through a human being. Hence, people like Satanists, witches, and all those who are involved in Satanic practices, including those who easily give into temptation, make it possible for the devil to operate on earth. But even then, his power is very limited. Keep in mind that the devil is not like God. Only God is almighty. Only God is able to do everything. Only God is able to be everywhere, not the devil. The devil can only be in one place at, a, at, at that time. He cannot be everywhere. Only God can be everywhere at the same time. I personally experienced that the devil and all demonic forces have no power whatsoever when people really pray honestly and with faith. I can assure you that in the face of all the prayers that have been offered until now, if coronavirus was from the devil, it would have collapsed already. It is very, very easy to deal with demons. You just pray and they flee from you. Through prayer, you can bind them, you can restrain them, you can bend them with divine fire. The hardest thing to deal with on earth is a human being. Because you cannot just bind and restrain human beings with divine fire and rope as you would the demons and the devil. This coronavirus is spreading as it does because we are not dealing with demons or Satan here, but we are dealing with human beings who have the God-given freedom to choose or not to choose. To be honest, I fear a human being much more than I worry about the devil. Therefore, we must stop wasting our energy by praying for a demon that is not there. We must pray rather for the true conversion of human beings who are the ones who have real power to curb this virus and to spread it further. A true diagnosis will lead to a true prognosis. If we want to attribute these things to the devil, we will be shooting against the enemy that is not there. The real problem now is a human being who is the one through whom this virus came and is the one through whom this virus is going to spread any further. Let me now turn to the last issue I want to address. The government has declared the coronavirus a national disaster. And the government is calling us all to limit our gatherings to not more than 100 people. The aim of the government is to reduce the spread of the virus. The authority of the Catholic Church and many other church denominations accepted this call of the president and publicly vowed their support for the government. However, 
There are other pastors and Christians who disagree with the call of the president and who insist that they will continue going to churches in numbers because no one should stop them from praying. They insist that the call of the government is the devil's attempt to clamp down on churches and to stop Christians from praying. I urge us all fellow Catholics and Christians never to follow this mistaken line of thinking. It is dangerous, it is irresponsible, it is imprudent, it is definitely unchristian, and it is something that should not be done. It sounds very religious and Christian, but it is in fact the devil's trick under the disguise of Christian faith. Do you remember what the devil did to Jesus in Matthew 4 verse 6 to 7? He took Jesus to the parapet of the temple and he said to him, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Do you remember what Jesus said to the devil in return? He said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Please, let us not put the Lord our God to the test. Let us do the right thing. Exposing yourself to danger is not God's will. God will not save people who knowingly expose themselves to danger. I wish us all to take the following points to heart. Number one, the government is not against churches. If they were merely against churches, I will be the first to revolt. The government is trying its best to save lives, and saving lives is God's will. Therefore, the government is doing God's will. There were times when Jesus and the apostles had to oppose authority. But that was because the authority was against the mission and purpose of Jesus. For instance, when the Jews in Acts chapter 5 verse 28 to 29 wanted to stop Peter from preaching about Jesus, Peter told them to their face. He said, we must obey God rather than people. He opposed them because they opposed God. But our government is not opposing God. Our government is not opposing Jesus. Our government is not opposing churches. On the contrary, they are supporting God by promoting and saving life. As long the government is not fighting our faith, is not fighting our religion, but is genuinely trying to save life, it is our Christian duty to obey them. Romans 13 verse 1 to 2 states, Let every person be subordinate to the higher authorities, for there is no authority except from God and those that exist have been established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority opposes what God has appointed, and those who oppose it will bring judgment upon themselves. Close quote. Any church leader who tells you that you will not contract this virus when you go to church is deceiving you and somehow is encouraging you to put God to the test. Thousands of people have lost their lives, people. Many more are still in danger. We know that in some countries, people contracted this virus from church gatherings. If you continue to do what is imprudent, you will contract this virus and you will have yourself to blame. Number two, none of us is forbidden by the government to pray. On the contrary, we are called to pray even harder. All that is asked of us is that for a time being, we refrain from gatherings in large numbers to avoid spreading this dangerous virus. God is everywhere. Anytime we pray as Christians, we are united in spirit. We do not need a common building to be able to pray. We can pray anywhere and anytime. 
those who insist that we must gather in one place at all costs, even to our own peril, seem to suggest that God is limited to a place. But God is everywhere. He is in my car, he's in your car, he's in your bedroom, he's in your office, he's everywhere. Lastly, please remember that the church is not the building where we celebrate mass. You are the church. Together we form the body of Christ, which is the church. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Wherever you are, there the church is. Yes, it is good and desirable to meet and worship God together. And yes, Christ said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I mean they are missed. But this does not mean he is not there when you are alone. In actual fact, you are never alone. God the Father is in you. God the Son is in you. God the Holy Spirit is in you. Your guardian angel is with you. And by the power of the Holy Spirit in you, you are united with all saints and all Christians everywhere. Therefore, do not be afraid. If you are unable to go to Mass, know that priests are celebrating Masses every day for you and for everybody else. If you cannot receive the body of the Lord physically, you can receive Him spiritually by desire. God is not bound by anything. This virus will come to pass. Things shall become normal again. But things may become worse if we choose to be irresponsible, imprudent, and unnecessarily disobedient. God wants life to be saved. Let us do everything to save life, even if it means we have to stay in our homes. Let us have real faith and stop acting as if God is limited to a church building. Let us transcend space and time by uniting together in spirit from wherever we may have quarantined ourselves from. Let us work together to fight this virus in the name of Jesus. God bless you and grant you peace. Be strong. All shall come to pass. Amen.